Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's keep on clapping to the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus is to be glorified tonight. Jesus will be glorified tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please take your seat. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want to thank the Lord for the privilege to stand behind the pulpit here one more time. I appreciate the Lord for the confidence that the pastor has in my life and ministry. Before I came to South Africa a few weeks ago, he actually invited me to this conference. And I told him it would be difficult for me to be around for the conference. But I came in, you know, for another thing. But the moment I came, he said, you got to find a way to be at the conference. You got to be there. And I thank the Lord I'm here. And I want to appreciate him. I want to appreciate him. He's a man with passion for God. Hallelujah. He has the heart for God. And that makes all the difference. It's not everyone that calls in the name of Christ that actually belongs to Christ. But we still have the, the remnant. We have those who have foundation of God in their heart. And I can tell everyone here today that you are in, you are in the right place. Because the man you follow will determine what follows you. Who you follow determines what follows you. If the man is right, then right things will follow. If the man is wrong, wrong things will follow. But I can tell you, you have the right man. Follow him. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate God in his life. Let's celebrate the Lord in his life. Let's clap our hands. And I want to appreciate our sister Josephine also. I want to appreciate her. She's been a very wonderful person supporting this. I can see her heart is also ministry. God. That's her heart. That is her heart. She's a prayer warrior. I can see it. I can see it. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. I want to appreciate the two of you. Church, the only way to be successful in life is to be planted in the house of the Lord. When a tree is not planted in a place, it will not bear fruit. There are many Christians who normally should not be called Christians because they move from one place to the other. They will never bear fruit. One of the things I want to leave here today is get married to this ministry. That is, I'm here forever. Getting married to those two people to say, yes, I believe in their ministry and I'm going to be here. Nothing must shake you. Nothing. To say, I am here forever. We are in it together. And that's what the Bible says. He that is planted in the house of the Lord, even in old age, shall bear fruit. So somebody here is going to bear fruit. Who am I speaking to today? If I'm speaking to you, lift up your hand. Wave your hand. Wave your hand unto the Lord Jesus. Father, we celebrate you tonight. Lord Jesus, you are worthy to be praised. Father, I want to thank you for the privilege and opportunity to speak your word. I thank you, Jehovah, Lord. Thank you for fulfilling your word. You say, go and be teaching them. What do I know to teach? I only teach whatever it is you give. Spirit of the Lord, have your way. The expectation is very high. People have come to meet with the Lord. And here am I, O God, standing. And I'm looking up unto you to be used as a vessel to release the word. Father, speak to your people. Bless them tonight. In Jesus' name.
Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. The theme of this conference is my daily bread. Is it? Hallelujah. And I'm coming with a subtune of having dominion on earth. To have dominion on earth. To be victorious on earth. Not to live a regular life on earth, but to fulfill the destiny of God for your life. That's why I'm here tonight. And I'm here to tell someone, if you want to be victorious, then it means you are healthy spiritually. For you to be, you know, to fulfill destiny, to be victorious in life, then you must be healthy spiritually and physically. But we are going beyond the physical, we are going to the supernatural. Hallelujah. And if bread is to give you natural strength, when you eat bread, that is, when the Bible talks about bread, it's talking about food. It talks about the energy-giving, you know, intake that you have. And spiritual and the natural, they go together. They are parallel. You cannot understand the spiritual without understanding the natural. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You can only understand the spiritual when you have understanding of the natural. When the Bible talks about bread, bread of life, okay, what does bread do? I eat bread so that I will have energy. I eat bread so that I can walk. When a man does not eat, he will be weak. When a man does not eat, he might even die. So natural and supernatural, they, they, they go parallel. So which means for me to also be victorious in life according to the dictate of God from heaven. Because everyone has a destiny to fulfill. For me to fulfill destiny, it means that I must eat some spiritual food and not snacks. Now let me ask you, if I eat snack every day, if you eat snack every day, what will happen? That's eating snacks daily. You will be mal, mal what? You, <laughs> you become a snack yourself. But you must eat good food. Hallelujah. Somebody must eat good food. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he started his ministry, so many miracles were happening. Many, many miracles. Feeding 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish. Healing and so on. But when he got to a point, I was given a major doctrinal teaching. He told them, I am the bread of life. And they say bread of life. What is, what is bread of life? That is, I am the main meal. You have been eating bread, you have been eating fishes and so on, but I am the bread of life. That teaching is the principal teaching in the kingdom of God. That teaching is the key denominator of life. I am the bread of life. He that eateth me shall not hunger. He that eateth me shall never die. And then all of them, they went back. They said, what is he talking about? Meanwhile, they were eating snacks, but he was giving them the real meal. The real meal is the bread of life. After they had gone, the twelve remained. And he asked them, oh boy, you guys, are you not going also? He said, where do we go? You have the word of life. Hallelujah. So tonight, we are not going to eat snack. We want to go deep. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. The Bible says, let us leave the elementary. 
Let us go to perfection. There are things that are elementary in the kingdom of God. Elementary teachings. Elementary is when you are talking about, oh, I need a car. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need that. Oh, yes. Jesus provided all those things. But he said, if you really want the real thing, I am the bread of life. And Paul Apostle now said in Hebrews chapter 6, are you giving Hebrews, giving Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1? He said, let us now live the elementary principles of Christ. Let us now go to perfection. Living the elementary. Can you give me NIV? If you have the NIV version. So which means in the word of God there are the elementary. The nursery teaching. And then there is the advanced level. Hebrews chapter 6 says, let us, therefore, let us live the elementary. Hey, elementary. So which means there are some teachings that are elementary. It is the same word of God, but the Bible says it's elementary. He said, let us now live the elementary teachings of Christ and then let us go to maturity. It takes a matured man to fulfill destiny. It takes a matured man to get to where God wants him to get to. He said, he said don't let us talk about foundation of repentance. Don't let us talk about foundation of repentance. That is when you are just entering. You have just passed your matric exam. You have, not, you have been matriculated. Your matriculation is equivalent to being taught the elementary, the foundation of repentance, the, the, the faith in God, laying hand, and so on. He said, those are elementary. You have just passed the matric. You have not been, you have not convocated. You have only matriculated. Do you know the difference between matriculation and convocation? Matriculation, that's when you are just entering. Convocation is when you are, when you are graduating. Hallelujah. Now the question is, what level are we? Level of matriculation or level of convocation? I want us to go deep tonight. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Because it takes, it, it takes understanding of the revelation of the glory of God for a man to fulfill destiny in life. It takes understanding. That's why I really appreciate the Lord for the man of God in the house. I appreciate him. Because he believes in the word of God. It is only the word that can make a difference in your life and in my life. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Do you know we believe so much in prayer? Prayer is very important, but wisdom is the principal. Prayer is the vice principal. There is a vice. If there is a principal, then there will be a vice principal. So it means wisdom and Jesus is the wisdom of God. And it takes wisdom for a man to fulfill destiny in life. I'm looking for somebody tonight who wants his life to turn around. You are fed up where you are, the level you are. You want to move to another level. You have remained for too long on the same mountain. You need to move to, to, to a higher ground. I'm talking to somebody like that today. That's why I want, please, I want you to pray and say, Holy Spirit, open my heart so that I can hear. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. John chapter 7. John chapter 7 verse 37. The Bible says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If any man thirsts, if any man thirsts, that is, you, you, you are not comfortable. He said, come to me and drink. 
If you are not comfortable, if your life is not a comfortable one, come and drink. Do you know, if a man does not eat, he can still live for a long time. But if a man does not drink, he will die too soon. So it means to be thirsty is much more serious than to be hungry. You can go without food for 40 days, 50 days. But if you go without food and without water, you will die. And Jesus Christ says, if any man thirsts, let him come to me. Let me tell you, everything about life is regulated by spiritual principles. There's nothing in this life that is just ordinary. Everything is spiritually founded and spiritually regulated. If any man thirsts, let him come and drink. The next verse. If any man believes in me, hey, I like this one. If any man believes in me, the next verse. The, if any man, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, not just believing anyhow, believing the way the word of God says you should believe in me. Believing the way the word of God says. Many people believe in Christ in, in many other ways, in so many ways. But Jesus says, if anyone believes in me, the way the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. That is, there shall be no lack. If anyone believes the way the Bible says you should believe, not this, the way you decided to believe, not the way somebody said you should believe, but if anyone believes in me, the way the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. That is, there shall be no shortage. He shall not thirst. Because inside of him shall be installed an engine, a supernatural engine that will, that will provide, that, that will bring provision and it will never lack. Jesus, when he speaks, his word is not empty. His word is not empty. Whatever you lack today is a function of what you don't know about Jesus. And the level you are today is the level of the knowledge you have of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why it's so important. What is it from Genesis to Revelation? What is the key theme? What are we supposed to understand from Genesis to Revelation? Let me tell you, from Genesis to Revelation, God wants us to behold the glory of God. It's all about the glory of God from the beginning to the end. From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation, the last chapter, the last verse, is about beholding the glory of God. And when a man beholds the glory of God, he will be transformed to the same glory. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. There is no man that will remain the same because the scripture cannot be broken. Hallelujah. The scripture cannot be broken. The word of God is eternal. Hallelujah. And God confirms his word. His word can never fail. His word can never fall. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. From Genesis 1-1, we can see the glory of God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, I'm going to read for the first five verses. The Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now I want you to please pay attention. Let's, let's, let's receive this word with our heart. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was void, that is empty empty. Whatever happens in a man's life, it has happened in the Bible before. And what is the solution? How was it solved? If you can grab how it was solved, scripture, scripturally, 
If you apply it, it will work in your life too. He said the earth was empty. It was void. Maybe there's emptiness in your life. And the Bible says there was darkness upon the surface of the earth. That is, people don't even know where to go. Though men have not been created at that time. But the Bible was telling us about the chaotic situation of the earth at that point. So maybe your life also is chaotic and there is darkness. You don't know where to go. It's as if you have come to the brick wall. You don't know the next thing to do. That was exactly what happens here. And the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord was overing. Now, spirit of the Lord is overing now also. The spirit of the Lord is overing right, right, right now also. Just like the Bible talks about the, 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 port, the, the Bethesda, where there are so many pots. Hallelujah. Where, you know, there were so many sick people. And then seasonally, an angel will come and trouble the water. Whoever enters into a force shall be healed. This is the time also. The Spirit of the Lord is moving. Whoever jumps into it shall receive. Let me tell you, the word of God is not fake. The word of God is not sentiment. The word of God is not an illusion. The word of God is real. The word of God is powerful. Hallelujah. The word of God is powerful. It has the power to transform your life. I am not here to give you information because information only brings enlightenment. But revelation brings about transformation. Revelation. If you catch revelation, there will be transformation. I can assure you of that because God backs his word up with his might and power. The Bible said the spirit of the Lord was moving. And God said, let there be light. Because each time the spirit of God moves, you will hear the voice of God. Let there be light and there was light. Hallelujah. Oh, and there was light. Praise the name of the Lord. And there was light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called it the light. He called the light day. Hallelujah. And the darkness he called the night. Evening and the morning were the first day. The first day, what happened was light. Which light was it? Which light are we talking about? That God created in the, in the first day. Not this light. It is not this light. It is not the one you see when you wake up in the morning and there is light. That is not the light that was created first day. That was not the light. The light that was created first day, I mean the light that was created that we are seeing today was created on the fourth day. Let's go to verse 14. Praise the Lord. I'm going somewhere. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? Let's go to verse 14. And God said, this is the fourth day now. Let there be lights in the firmament, that is in the heavens, to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days, and for years. Are you still here with me? Are we, are we on the same page? And let them be for light in the firmament of heaven to give light unto the earth. The light to give light unto the earth was created the fourth day. And it was so. Verse 16, and God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, that is the sun, to rule the day. And the lesser light to rule the night, that is the moon. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. To rule over the day and over the night. And to divide the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. The evening and the morning were the fourth day. 
It was the fourth day that this light you are seeing was created. The sun, the moon, the stars. To rule the day, to rule the night, to divide the day from night, to give it days, weeks, years, and so on, the fourth day. But which one is the light of the first day? The light of the first day is the glory of God. It was glory that was brought down from heaven. The glory of God was brought down from heaven. Day one. And this glory of God is the light of God from heaven downloaded. It is the power of, the power of creation that was brought down. Hallelujah. The power of God. This, was, this is the glory of God that was brought down day one. Glory of God. And that glory is the nature of Jesus. That's, and the glory of Jesus, you know, we can behold the glory of God, Jesus by the word of God. That's why the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And this life, in him was light. Light. And this light is the life of man. Are you still here with me? I'm talking about beholding the glory of God. Glory was the first creation of God. Was it really a creation? I believe was downloaded to heart. That is the power to bring about every other thing. The, 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 the spiritual power to create the light of God. And when the Bible is now talking even, even in, in, in John, in the book of John, he said, and this is the light that lighted every man that cometh. Give me verse 4. John 1, 4. In him was life. And this life was the light of man. Hallelujah. And this light shines in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 9 now says, And this was the true light that lighted every man, verse 9, that cometh into the world. Let me pause a little bit here. Verse 14. Hallelujah. Sorry, verse 9. This was the true light that lighted every man that cometh into the world. Everything that was created was created with a light. Man has got light. Lion has got light. Lion was given a light to rule in the wilderness. And he's ruling the wilderness by the light he has. The Bible says lion is the, is, the, is the stronger than the beast and it, it doesn't run away from anyone by the light given to it. The whales, they also have their light. The dog has their light. The moon, I mean, the, the sheep have their light. Everything created as God is light. The ability to operate on the surface of the earth based upon the light given to it. The light of the one. Are you still here with me? And you and me, we have got our light too. Hallelujah. The Bible says God created man in his image and according to his likeness. Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world. The light that came day one. I am the light of the world. He that follows me will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And he also said, you also, you are the light of the world. A city that is set upon the eve that cannot be hidden. So which means, we have got something, we have, we have got a vision. We have got a purpose. I want you to know that you are not here by accident. You are not born into this world by accident. Even if the circumstance of your, of your birth was somehow, it doesn't matter. As long as you are born into this world, you are not born by accident. You are created to rule and to reign. You are created for dominion. 
Are you still here with me? You are created for, everyone is created for dominion. But then your ability to have dominion is dependent upon you seeing the light that is given to you. If you are able to see the light given to you, because Jesus Christ says, I must do the work of him that sent me, and I must do his will. There are two things, the work of God, the will of God. All of us, we have to do the work of God. What is the word of God? That all may come to repentance. Go into the old world and preach the gospel. So it so has to bring souls into the kingdom of God. That is the work of God. What about the will of God? The will of God for me is different from the will of God for you. Hallelujah. It caused some to be apostles, some prophets. It caused some to be businessmen. It caused some to be politicians. It caused some to, you know, invade. That is their own, the work. But then we have the will. According to the light given to us, we must know the will of God for our life. Are you still here with me? The Bible said this is the true light that gives light to every man. Every man has got a light. It is now your responsibility to see the light. It's your responsibility to see the light. Otherwise, you will be operating at the elementary principles of Christ. You are not going deep. The Bible says, let's leave the elementary principles. Let us now go to maturity. Let us go to, to the deep. If you're having challenges, it's because you have not seen the light. And I, I pray tonight that God will open our eyes to see the light. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying right now? If you are happy, shout hallelujah. The glory of God. Every man on the surface of the earth must see the glory of God. You must see the glory. How do you see the glory? The glory of God. Jesus is the glory. And the glory is the nature of Jesus. And the nature of Jesus can be found in the word of God. You can behold the glory in the word of God. In the word of God. You can see God's glory in his word. If you meditate enough, I'm not talking of just reading. It is, you can read. You can study. You can have understanding of it. In fact, the Bible says, it said there's a difference between looking and seeing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There's a difference between looking and seeing. What is the difference? What you see determines what comes to you. If a businessman comes here today now, you have been worshipping here for, for many years, a businessman will come here and what we see will be an opportunity that will turn him to become a millionaire. He sees. There is the looking. There is the seeing. There's a difference between the two. What are you seeing? Praise the Lord. What is, is it that you are seeing? Because until you see, you don't get. Because it is the law. 2 Corinthians 4.18. I want all of us to look at this. Because we are, I want us to eat the bread tonight. And I want the eyes of somebody to open. You have suffered for too long. Let solution come now. Your life can be turned around. Your destiny can, can have color again. You have wept enough. It is time for you to be celebrated. It is time for people to join you to also rejoice and celebrate Christ Jesus. Many people give testimony. I'm sure you'll be saying, when will my own testimony come? Your testimony will come from the day you begin to see. 
The Bible says, oh, I like this. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Everybody, we are seeing this thing. I mean, you come in here, you see, but we are not looking. You are only whatever you can see freely. It's not what you are seeing. You, you drive to town. You are just seeing. But you have not looked. To look means paying attention. To look said now, what is behind this thing? What is the revelation I'm getting from here? What is Jesus telling me about this? What is the glory behind this thing? Give, give it to me in King James Version. Hallelujah. He said, for we do not see. I like this new, but give me King James Version. He said, when you have not looked and you have seen, you, are, you, are, you have not looked, but you see, he said, you haven't seen anything. It is after you have looked, after you have looked and you see, that is when you have seen. I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody today. Is somebody getting something now? He said, why we look not at the things which are seen? Anything you can see freely, that everybody can see, that you see, you have not seen, because you have not looked. Are you getting, is somebody getting it now? He said, why we look not at the things which everybody can see, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. The things that everybody sees, they are temporal. But the ones that you cannot see ordinarily, they are the things that are eternal, that are spiritual, that are glorious. What are you seeing? Until you see, you may not receive. Because there is a law of the spirit. As far as your eyes can see, shall be given to you. If you don't see, you don't get. And that is why, if you are just seeing the natural things, and you form your faith, your belief, and your anxiety is drawn over the thing you see naturally, then it's unfortunate. It's the natural things that will control your life. And the natural does not have anything to offer, any good thing to offer. But when you see beyond the natural, you see into the supernatural, then you are going to receive. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? It is time for somebody's life to change color. It is time for you to change color. And age is not a barrier. Age is not a barrier. Age is, to, is just a number. It's a number. And somebody tells me there are three levels of age. There is the biological age. I was born here. Yeah, so, 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 so. Oh, welcome. Thank you. That's just a number. There is a psychological age. And then there is a medical age. Hallelujah. The psychological age is the way you see yourself. You are as old as you think you are. If you think you are a young man, everything in you will support you that you are a young man. And it will not stop you from fulfilling destiny. But the moment you think, well, you see, I am... Uh, my contemporaries have retired. Then your life will say, yes, we are, we are now at retirement level. Let everything shut down. Hallelujah. But if your heart says, yes, I am here to move by the word of God. Abraham was called at the age of 75. He began at the age of 75. God gave him vision at 75. Oh, God called Moses at the age of 80, 80. Caleb at the age of 85. He said, give me this mountain. And he built a city called Hebron at the age of 85. So age is not a barrier. Please remove that age as a factor to say, well, maybe you are, you are already looking at the grave. That's a mistake. Are you still here with me?
why we look not as the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. What makes a difference between a rich man and a poor man is a rich man is seen. I mean, a poor man is seen natural, but a rich man is seen beyond what can be seen. And God does not, has not created any one of us to be poor. No, 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 no. God has not created any one of us to be poor. Am I speaking to somebody today? God has not created you and me to be poor. We are supposed to be rich. We are supposed to rule our, our world. Proverbs 22 and verse 2. I need to tell somebody today that poverty is not the constitution of your destiny. Poverty is not in your DNA. Proverbs 22, 2. The Bible said the poor will, will rule over the rich. The poor unbeliever, the, I mean, sorry, the rich unbeliever, the rich Sangoma, we, we, we rule over the prayer warrior of Jesus. The rich and poor have this thing in common. The Lord make, is the maker of them all. God made them, but he did not make them so. Did you hear what I'm saying? God made everyone equal, but then you choose where you belong to. The Bible says God made all of us, but he didn't make us so. He didn't make you to be poor. He has made all of us to be rich, especially the children of God. That is our constitution. Hallelujah. Give me verse 7. Rich and poor have one thing in common. God made all of us, but he didn't make us so. You decide what, what you want by virtue of what you see. What you see determines what happens. The Bible said the rich will rule over the poor. The rich unbeliever will rule over the prayer warrior. The rich unbeliever. The rich homosexual. We rule over... <laughs> over the choir director in church. Who has worshipped? Hey, God, Jesus, thank you. If he's poor, he, the, 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 the rich... The rich unbeliever will rule over him. And God has not created you and me to be ruled by unbelievers. We are supposed to rule the world. You and me are supposed to rule the world. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying today now? Because it is time that your life should turn around. Let us go from elementary to maturity. Let us go from matriculation to convocation. The Bible says it is elementary to still be talking about have faith in God. Have faith in God. And don't commit sin. He said, if you are committing sin, you are in trouble. It's, it's your problem. You continue committing sin. But it is time we should go beyond that level. Let's go beyond repentance from, from dead wars. Let's go be, be, from this level. Let's, let us now go to maturity. Maturity means let us now get to the point that we begin to see the light of the glory of Jesus. And then this light will be to transform our life and destiny. It is time we should begin to rule the world. Why is it that the other religion, why are they becoming prominent? And those of us that have got the, 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 the real truth in our life, the Bible says that there is, a, there is a poor man, a wise poor man, and this wise poor man delivered a city. He delivered, he's a wise man, but poor man. He, had, he delivered a whole city. Having delivered the city, nobody reckoned with him again. Because the level you operate will determine the level of influence you command. It is time Christians begin to commit, you know, to command influence. 
it is time we should appreciate Jesus the way he is. If you don't see the light of glory of God, you might not fulfill destiny. There are so many children in the kingdom of God. If I, if I ask now, how many children of God? Everybody will lift up your hand, your hand. But there are several levels. There are the, there's the time you become a child. Unto us a child is given. I mean, a child, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Hallelujah. How many are children of God here? All of us will lift up our hand. Of course, you are children of God. How many are sons of God here? A son of God is one that appreciates who he is. He can, he can stand before, before the before devil and say, devil, get lost, and the devil will disappear. He carries the light of the glory of God and darkness will disappear. Because the Bible said, this light shines in darkness and darkness comprehended it not. And there are those that will play at the level of friends of God. That is, they even have counsel together with God. God, should we do it this way? And God said, well, I think so. And uh, he said, no, God, why, why, why don't you do it this way? And God said, hey, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. You get to a point, you become a friend of God. But many have remained at the level of children and have not gone to the level of sonship. Not from sonship, not even friendship. Are you still here? Praise the name of the Lord. Because if I ask you today, who is Jesus? Oh, Jesus is the son of God. Of course, yes. Jesus is the Messiah. Of course, yes. Jesus, he came and died on the, on, on the cross. Of course, yes, but that is elementary. That was where Peter started from. And Jesus said, well, very good for you. He said, upon this rock, upon this foundation, I will build my church. It is foundation. Upon this rock, I will build my church. That is knowing who Jesus is. But then the knowledge of Jesus, which is the nature of Jesus, which is the glory of Jesus, is what determines your life. Hallelujah. You will be as successful, as much as successful, as much as you know. If you know little about the nature of Jesus, your impact on life, in life, will be little. If you know to a certain level, your impact on earth will be to the level. If you know how deep you can search deep into who Jesus is, the more you search, the more you, you get, the more you become. That's what the Bible says. Oh, Romans 11, 33. Oh, it's the depth of the riches, of the wisdom, of the knowledge of God. How unsearchable. That is, let us go to maturity. There are riches in Christ. Oh, the depth of the riches. Of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable the judgment. And, and it's past, past finding out. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Oh, please, let's call Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Oh, the more you know of Jesus, the more your life will transform. The more you know. I'm talking about glory. Because glory is, that was the first thing that came. The glory of Jesus. That's why the, uh, Jesus is called the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Glory began in Genesis. Grace ended it because grace and glory are the same thing. Glory is heavenly virtue released unto men as called as grace. Oh. Hallelujah. If you have limited, limited knowledge of Jesus, your life will, will be limited. Your life will be limited. 
if you have great depth of Jesus, your life will be deep in greatness too. And God is looking for those that will rule their, their, their generation. God is looking for those that, that will fulfill destiny. God is looking for those that will actually carry the banner of Christ. God is looking for those that carry influence. Let me tell you, without influence, you cannot make much mark on earth. If you don't have influence. It takes influence to even rule your world. That's why those who are ruling the world, they understand that it takes influence to rule. God had to go and look for Cyrus, an unbeliever. Place his anointing upon him because his own children, they are operating at low level. They have low mindsets. The slavery mindset was still there. He had to go and look for someone, an unbeliever, to deliver them. When God is want to give a vision to people, great vision, mighty vision, he will look at his children. How many of them have got that kind of mindset? How many of them can receive it? Because if God now shows you that, well, you are going to, I want you to have an ocean liner. An ocean liner that will be, that will be running from, from Cape Town to Washington to Philippines to Australia and come back. And then I want it to be to the glory of my name. To the glory of my name. God will look at everybody in his kingdom. How many of them can receive it? Even if they have that vision, they will say, All right, not me. Not me. And God, God will be looking. God will be looking until God will go and look for someone of influence that is even an unbeliever and say, well, because his eternal plans cannot be destructed. We need to position ourselves. Are you still here with me? Praise the Lord. That's why the Bible said, they that know the name of the Lord their God, they will be strong and they will do exploits. Who is Jesus? I want you to know that Jesus wants you to see his glory. He wants you to know him. In John chapter 2, the first miracle of Jesus, the Bible says, he went with his mother and his disciples, the five disciples he had that time, to Cana in Galilee. They, they were doing you know, the traditional marriage. And the wine finished. And the mother said, behold, your wine is said, Mama, my time has not come. And Mama called his people. He said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Mary knew the nature of the son he had. She had. Many of us Christians, we don't know the nature of Jesus. The nature of Jesus is the glory of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is the first miracle of Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus performed miracle in Can no, give me King James Version, not NIV. King James Version. Everything Jesus does is to magnify his glory. The Bible said this, the beginning, the first miracle of Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory. He, he, let me tell you, listen to me, please. Jesus wants you to see his glory. He wants his glory manifested. He wants you to know his nature. The glory of Jesus. He manifested his glory. And then people believed in him. What does that mean? All of us, we have read it. There was a day I was meditating. Lord, what is the glory here? What is the glory? When you are studying the word of God, you should, be pray, you should pray and say, Lord, what is the treasure that you want to show me this morning? The treasure, the glory, the revelation you received that day is the bread of life you have received. That is the bread you have eaten. If you read the word of God and there's no revelation, you have not gotten the bread for the day. It is the bread you get that day that will be your guide, your compass 
for that day. And it will bring, it will attract goodness to you. Let me tell you, this world is not ordinary. This world is not just natural. Everything we see is not just as, as it is. Everything has a re spiritual remote control. Everything. And we have got the strongest control. Strongest control. When you are studying the word of God, what is the revelation here? The revelation is the glory. And that glory is the nature of Jesus. And the day you, when you receive it, you have gotten the bread for the day. It is not just reading. I have read five chapters of the day, of the of Bible. Thank you for reading it. You only have knowledge. You don't have revelation. That's a difference between knowledge and revelation. Knowledge, we, 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 when somebody is preaching, you know, you know what the scripture has said, but you don't know what is behind the scripture. He said, he manifested his glory. I was meditating. What does this mean? Changing water to wine. And the Bible says, a manifested forth is glory. That is, you will know the nature of Jesus by what he has done. Changing water to wine. In the first place, the light of the one was one that gave nature to everything. Water is supposed to be a solvent. You walk inside water, you will, you will dip, you will go down. It created fire to burn, to provide heat. He made animals, every one of them operating by the light given to them. The fishes, he also gave man. He gave all the nature. He is the God of the nature. He is the God of the creation. He is the giver of light. Hallelujah. He gave the light. He gave the nature and he can change the nature. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He gave the nature and he can change the nature as he wills. And that is why no child of God is supposed to remain on the same level. Because we have a God that can change nature. He can change every situation. Water was turned to wine. The, chem the, the chemistry, um, um, is it language they call it now? The formula for water. Give me the formula for water. Water is what? H2O. That is the, the, the nature of water. Wine is different. Give me that of wine. Wine is 66H12O6. Can you put the two together? Put the two together. If it's possible. If you can do that. Yes, fine. Water is H2O. Jesus changed H2O to 66H12O6. What does this mean? Number one, water does not have carbon. He added carbon to it. Whatever it is that will make your life to be sweet, that is not there. God has the ability to add it to it. He has the power to add to it what is not there. Because he is the Lord. He is the Lord of creation. He can change your nature. It does not matter what is happening right now. It doesn't matter. It does not matter at all. Carbon was not part of water. But he added carbon to it. Now, not just carbon now. It is H2O6. One is C6, H12O6. He multiplied, you know, the formula of water by six. Six times two, 12. O, one, six. Carbon, six. C6, H12O6. Which means it's a God of multiplication. Jesus changed the water. The day I got that, the day I got that revelation, because the Bible says manifested for this glory, I got that glory. So which means whatever I don't have, Jesus can supply it. Whatever I don't, it does not matter what has happened, he can supply it. Hallelujah. 
however small that thing is, he has the power to multiply it. Because he is the Lord. I ate that bread that day and it has been working for me. Let me tell you, I've never been stranded in life again. I've not been stranded. I've not been stranded. I can tell you. Oh, <laughs> I shared testimony with my brother. How we bought a property running into millions of naira without a couple, without money. Can you, can, you, can you believe that? I don't know if I've shared the testimony here. God said, go, go, go and buy that house. Go and buy the property. I said, how do I buy? I just went to the bank. Hey, Ambrose, that's the name of manager. I need so, so, so millions. He said, write your check. Write your check. And I will say, hey, if he now opens his computer, he realizes I don't have money there. We did not say, and you, pastor. Ah. And I know it will take managing director to go through a system to even approve 500,000. And I'm asking for millions. And he said, Reverend, didn't you come with your checkbook? I said, I came with it. He said, write your check now. I went out to the banking hall. I spoke with my friend. He said, what did he say? He said, you, see, you to write your check. I said, you are a thief. If he opens his computer, when you say, ah, and you, pastor. He came to meet me there. Pastor, where is your check? I said, he said, write it now. Then I wrote it. I gave it to him. And right in front of me, he signed the check. Ah, hey, I was, the anxiety is there. Hallelujah. He signed the check. He gave it to his, to his colleague. He said, sign the check. That one signed the check. Five minutes later, he called me. He said, Pastor, can you sign the original, original collected by me? And then sign, put it on the duplicate. He gave me the original. He said, you can go. I went to the reception. My friend said, what is it? I have it there. He said, let us I said, look at you. <laughs> if we run, we did not present the check. So we went out. We looked back. We saw the bank manager. He said, oh, Pastor, bye-bye. I took it to the, to the man to, to sell the house for us. He said, well, I won't give you the original papers until the check's cleared. <sighs> I said, hmm. I just went. Five days later, I went there. I was, saying, I was thinking, I hope he will not say. He said, oh, your checks have cleared. Your checks have cleared. Hey. And he gave us the original document without a, a cover. Let me tell you, when you walk with the Lord, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. I tell you, Jesus is real. We got the original document. I'm saying this before God of heaven. I am not embellishing anything. I'm not adding anything to it. I'm giving glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Jesus knows what I'm talking about. We bought the house. I could not go to the bank for the next three weeks because I was imagining. <laughs> Suppose he now says, ah, pastor, you want to sack me? I went there three, four weeks later. I said, Ambrose. He said, I knew, you did, I knew the level of your finance, but something was telling me I should sign it. Two months later, God gave me a business, and we fully paid. Let me tell you, Jesus is real. That is not one. The second one in Abuja, the same thing, the same thing happened. The same thing happened. The, the, the owner of the house said, we rented the house, and he just phoned, and he said, who knows whether you'll be the owner of that property? I said, he said who knows? Eh. And God has told me he will offer the place for you to buy. So I, I said, how much do you want to sell? He said, 12 million. I said, 5 million. He just stopped his phone. Pam. He didn't call me again. Meanwhile, there was no money even there to even pay five, the 5 million. And so I was, I was relieved. And I told the lawyer, I said, see what your, your man did. He said, he stopped his phone on me. Mm. Two months later, I woke up and I found that he has called me about six times because my phone was on silent. He has called me about six times. And I called the lawyer. The lawyer said, ah, he just called him 
And then the Lord said, he told him that the pastor is angry with you because you stopped your phone on him. As I stopped the phone, the, the landlord called. He says, I'm, I'm sorry, pastor. I'm sorry, pastor. I didn't stop phone on you. So, 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 so. I said, it's okay. He said, are you now ready to buy the, the property? I said, well, I was ready that time. But I've used the money to buy something else. He said, no, 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 no. You can still buy the house. You can even pay instrumentally. Hey. It never happens. And I said, okay, let's negotiate. He negotiated to eight million. I'm saying this before God of heaven. Just to let you know that Jesus is real. He can add whatever you don't have, he can add it to it. He can multiply the level of your grace. Is somebody hearing me? So I now went to Lagos, to our, to our headquarters. I sat all my leaders down. I don't do that normally. I just said, now we've got a property to buy, eight million. I said, you give me two million, two million, two million, two million. Two. I, was just, I was just joking. Three weeks later, one of them called me when I came back to Lagos again. Daddy, are you in the, in the office? I said, I am. I'll be with you in the next uh, 10, 15 minutes. He came. He said, this money, he was praying. And it was like an angel stood by his side. He said, you are having money in your account. And my work needs money. And you are keeping money. Go and, go and put down your own two million. I now came. He said, well, my life saving is two million forty-five thousand. But I'm, I didn't have peace until I went to the bank to withdraw two million, million and I've put it in the draft form and I brought it. He showed me the statement of, I can say his life saving is two million forty-five thousand, but I brought my own two million because I believe God, because something was telling me, go and put down, go and put down. That's how he put the two million down. I said, hey, Jesus. Hey, let me tell you, Jesus is real. Let me tell you, Jesus is real. Let me tell you, Jesus is real. Don't look at your pockets. Look at the pocket of Jesus. Your pocket is too small. Your pocket is too small to do the will of God. Your pocket is too small. What I tell people is, obey God. Whatever it tells you to do, do it. I don't force people to give. I only tell them, God will pay his bill. But my only counsel is, whatever it tells you to do, do it. And I show the other people, I say, one of you has paid his own two, his own two million. And one said, hey, daddy, I don't have my own two million, but I have 500,000 now. And one said, I don't have, I got three million. Meanwhile, our agreement was we'll pay 2.5, 2.5, 2.5, then we pay the balance. That was the agreement. Now we have three million within one month from nothing. From nothing. I told them, go, go, go and pay. They paid. The man was happy. Now the contract has begun. Three months later, God gave us another. Oh, that was how we paid the money. I haven't paid the value of the property from 8 million went to about 20 million. Let me tell you, God can change your level. Are you still here with me? Jesus can change your level. But your level can only change based upon the revelation you have of him. That I might know him. Even Paul the Apostle says that I might know him. And the power of his resurrection. The more you know him, the more transformation takes place in your life. You are not supposed to be barren. You are not supposed to be poor. You are not supposed to carry sickness in your body. Ah, let's, let's look at something else. Let's look at, at, at another place. Hallelujah. Lazarus was dead. I'm sure you know that. Lazarus was dead. Praise the Lord. Lazarus was dead in John chapter 11. Hallelujah. In John chapter 11. And Jesus told Martha, if you believe, you are going to see the glory of God. I want somebody here to see the glory of God today. 
He said, if you believe, you are going to see the glory of God. I want to, I want to show us something because I saw something. Hallelujah. In John 11 verse 4, let's look at verse 4 first. John 11 4. He said, when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he told them, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. That the Son of God might be glorified. That the Son of God might be glorified. He said, it's not unto death. Let me tell you, whatever has happened unto you, it's, it's not, it's not, will not kill you. If you have revelation, it will turn around. I, I, will, I will come back to this. Give me Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something today. The Bible said there is therefore now no condemnation. Somebody say no condemnation. Oh, say it very well. No condemnation. Condemnation is not just an ordinary English word. Condemnation is a legal word. When a man is condemned, it means he's convicted. Is condemned to death or condemned that is, you know, is going to be sentenced. Because if you want to understand the scripture, you need to understand the scripture based upon the culture then and the culture of the man that wrote it. The author of that the Holy Spirit used to write Romans was Paul Apostle. Paul Apostle had doctorate in law. And whatever is your background will reflect in your language. I'm asking to somebody right now. If he's a medical person, it will reflect in what he will write. Paul Apostle was a, was a lawyer. He had doctorate in law. His writing will reflect his background. So being a lawyer, his writings were always legal. He said there is therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Hey, not just in Christ Jesus that know Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. No condemnation. That is, no situation can should condemn you to poverty. You should not be condemned to say, oh, he has kidney failure. And then you are celebrating, you are not seeing No, no condemnation. There's no condemnation to say failure. There's no condemnation to stagnation. There's no condemnation. Is somebody hearing me? Whatever situation you are right now, my Bible says there is no condemnation. You are not supposed to be condemned to it. He said, those who are after, who walk, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse 2 now says, for the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. That is, if you are prayed by the revelation of Jesus, the law of Jesus, the law, because everything oppressed by the law, spiritual law, that spiritual law will set you free. That is why a child of God, if they sack you in that company, it means that God is opening a, a, a bigger door for you. That's what it means. Because there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. If anything evil happens, if God permits it to happen, check yourself. Maybe it's through your own indiscretion. But if you find out that, Lord, why did this happen? It's because something glorious, maybe he has been speaking to you to say now it is time for you to, to go into business and that business will turn you to be a millionaire for Christ. But then your vision is so small. You are, you are just staying on that small level. God will even permit an unbeliever to push you out. To go and do what he wants you to do. There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. If the doctor says you have only five days to live, that is only the report of the doctor. There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. 
who walked not after the flesh, but after this. For the law of the spirit of life has set me free. You are set free. How many people are set free right now? You are set free from poverty. You are set free from, from low level. You are set free from whatever it is that does not glorify Jesus. You are set free by the law of the spirit of life. Are you still here? I want us to have that at the back of our mind. Let's now go back to John chapter 11 and verse 40. When matters, when Jesus told Martha, Martha, where did you lay him? He said, ah, he has been dead for four days. Take me there. He said, we'll be stinking. Jesus said, have I not told you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? God wants you to see his glory in everything. When you open your Bible, tell the Holy Spirit, show me the glory. Show me the glory. Show me the glory. Show me the glory. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, he said, as they behold him with an open eyes, as they behold him as in a glass, he said, they are changed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Whatever revelation you have from the Word of God will translate to glory. With, and we all, how many people? We, with an open eyes, face, beholding us in the glory, the glory of God. If you see the glory of God, the revelation, the Bible said, you will be changed to the same image of glory. Whatever revelation you have, you will be changed to it. Let me finish because of time. Let, let's go back to, to, to Lazarus. Have I not told you that if you believe, you see the glory of God? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, are you tired? We are finishing in, in, in five minutes now, or less than that. Praise the Lord. Did I not tell you if you believe you will see the glory of God? He said, take away the stone. And they said, we'll be stinking. If your life is stinking, glory will transform it. If your life is stinking, glory will transform it. They, they remove the stone. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. A man that has been dead for four days, hopeless situation. There's no hopelessness in Christ. There's no hopelessness in Christ. Are you still here? A man that has been dead for four days, there's no hopelessness in Christ. Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says, he that was dead came out. The day I was meditating on that, I saw five miracles. Somebody say five miracles. When a man is dead, the spirit has gone. Because the Bible says, the spirit that giveth life, the flesh profits nothing. A man is dead because the spirit has departed. Lazarus, come forth. The spirit that has gone came back. Spirit is the engine of life. Your spirit is the engine of your destiny. Even if that engine has departed, revelation will bring it back. The power of your destiny will come back. That engine, that spirit of your destiny will come back. It came back. Hallelujah. All the organs in his body were dead. They woke up again. That is to say that even if the doctor said your kidney is not functioning, just tell him that's your, that's your, own, it's your own story. Because my Jesus Christ, if that, that of Lazarus that has been dead, if he came back, why will you all not come back? Hallelujah. When a man is there, after 24 hours, he'll be decomposing. If you thought his body, everything becomes water. It's farmed up immediately. Which means that even if your life is scattered, it can farm up again. It can farm up again. Hallelujah. Number four miracle. A, a particular sickness killed him. Something killed him. For him to come back, it means that that sickness was healed. So, which means there is no sickness that has power over your life. 
No sickness has power over your life. What is number five miracle? When a man has not eaten for four days, even if he's alive, he will be very, very weak. Very, very weak. But a man that was sick for some time and be dead, laid down for four days, no food, no water, and Jesus said, come out, and he came out. He came out. And Jesus said, lose him and let him go. Power is coming to your life. Let us stand up right now. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Is somebody getting something this, this, this evening? Let me tell you, you are, you are not supposed to remain on the same level. You are supposed to eat the bread of life daily. The revelation you catch up in the day will determine what happens to you in your, in your life. Lift up your hand and let's begin to bless the name of Jesus. Now you know who Jesus is. Let's bless his name. Let's bless his name. Oh, Kasaya Rabba Yeke po kaza yako po zoka rabu ba 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 yeke kosoria reka pa kazel yero yobo kosheria kazika koko soko ro yobo ba 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 si yeke kosoria ba 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 kasi yeho rayabo ba 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 kasheria Father, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Before we pray, because I'm going to pray, but one thing is important. The Bible says Jesus is the king of kings is the lord of lords is the creator he can change situation is the beginning and is the end all power belongs unto him when a man does not have jesus he is lost and the bible tells me it takes knowing jesus to be able to see john 3 3 says except a man is born again he cannot see and it takes sin to be victorious. Except a man is born again, he's not qualified to see the mysteries of the kingdom. Jesus told, told Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man is born again, he cannot see revelation. That's why this evening, if you want to see, you begin to see. Because the more you see, the more shall, as far as your eyes can see, shall be given unto you. If you, you know that you are not seeing yet, you are not seeing. You know you are not seeing and you want to begin to see. Let me tell you, I give glory to the name of the Lord that I'm seeing. My brother is seeing. Ah, hallelujah. I am seeing. If you know you need Christ to be able to see in a new dimension, please lift up your hand wherever you are. You want to give your life to Jesus today to be able to see. Yes, and you are not seeing yet. Lift up your hand. Because I'm going to pray right now. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to surrender to him. Lift up your hand. Because that is so key. That is so key. Lift the hand up very well. Like, let, let me see. Thank God for the hand I'm seeing. Thank God for the hand I'm seeing. Because it's very important. Please step forward right now. Please just come to me. Just come to me. Because I want to impact something. Sister, come. Papa, come. Please come, please come, please come, please come, please come, please come. As many as you, you know that it's so important. It's so important. Let me tell you, if this entire conference is because of this, our sister, it's more than worth it. Those who want, you want to give your life to Jesus, please step forward. Step forward in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Papa, for coming. Step forward, step forward. I can see, I'm seeing number five. I'm seeing five. There are five people here who are supposed to come out here. But you are looking at your side. Maybe you are, you are not, you know you are not seeing. You know you are far. You know you are far. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come forth. I think there are three more people. Yes, I'm seeing five numbers. Please just say after me, Lord Jesus. Please say from your heart, Lord Jesus. I surrender to you today.
be the Lord of my life. Take over my life. Oh, be my Lord. Forgive all my sins. Wash me with your blood. Write my name in the book of life. From today, let me begin to see in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for our dear brother and sister. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you are doing in their life today. Father, thank you. Save his life, oh God. Save him, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Save him, oh God. Let his name be written in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for my sister in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I ask, oh God, that you wash her in the blood. Wash her in the blood. Write her name in the blood of Jesus Christ. Write her name, oh God, with the blood. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jehovah, Lord. Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jehovah, Lord. We give glory to your name. Yes. I want to be very, you know, this whole conference in the preparation and build up, a lot of time was spent in prayer and fasting. And we said to the Lord, please, Apostle, come. Are you still? Yes. And one of the things that the Lord impressed very strongly on my heart was that he's calling people back to their commitment. He's, he's calling people back, you know. Uh, there was some, you know, he, what he showed me is that there were people that had an encounter with God. But somehow things have happened and because of that, you have deviated away from that. And that's why every night we make an appeal like this. Because it's important. You are not here for speaking and bunches. You are not here by mistake. You are here by divine appointment. Because God has an appointment with you. And I want to be sensitive. Yes, we're going to be praying for people. And we'll still be praying for you. But I want to ask tonight, you know, this is my daily bread. What is my daily bread? We heard tonight that the glory of God is my daily bread. Jesus is my daily bread.